0: victimized by a circumstance in your life literally means that 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 event that circumstance that person that condition is actually causing you to feel emotionally and think in terms of memories equal to that circumstance and that is actually changes your state of being so you're thinking the same way and you're feeling the same way And in response to the environment is the same we can guarantee that your life is going to stay the same because you're the same yes that person why are you unhappy why are you frustrated why are you sad and they'll say the this condition this this, this person is actually making me feel and think this way. Well, anything that makes us feel and think a certain way that we don't think we have any control over, for the most part, we're victims. So we're, as a species, become victimized by the conditions in our life, and it's the environment then that is controlling the way we feel and the way we think. So the idea is if you can change the way you think and change the way you feel, could you begin to produce outcomes or effects in your life, that cause you to believe that you're the creator of your life instead of the victim of your life. Which means then you would have to think greater than that circumstance and you would have to feel differently in the presence of that circumstance and if you truly could and begin to create an outcome, the synchronicity, the serendipity, the coincidence that happens in your life. But you're going to pay attention to what you did and you're going to realize that on some level you had a hand in that, you know, that you were a participant in that. Our interest is to teach people how to to, to reverse that process. Every person, every circumstance, every condition, every place, every object that you own is mapped neurologically in your brain. So your brain is a record of the past that's... It's an artifact, the repository of everything you've learned intellectually or experienced. And products of experience are called emotions. The memories that we have in our life produces familiar emotions or our response to anybody that we know in our life. There's a neurological network for your boss, for your coworker, for your ex. And for most people, their, their, their interaction in the environment is causing their environment to control their thinking or their personal reality is controlling their personality. So our interest to see is that, well, if your personality is made of how you think, how you act and how you feel, is it possible if I begin to change the way I think, change the way I act and change the way life I feel, should my life change because I'm changing?
1: For the most part, your brain is a product of the past. It has been shaped and molded to become a living record of everything you have learned and experienced up to this point in your life. Learning from a neuroscientific standpoint is when neurons in your brain assemble to form thousands of synaptic connections. And those connections then assemble into complex three-dimensional neurological networks. Think of learning as your brain getting an upgrade. When you pay attention to knowledge or information and it makes sense to you. This interaction with the environment leaves biological impressions in your brain. When you experience something new, your senses write the story neurologically in your brain, and even more neurons come together to make even more enriched connections, upgrading your brain even further. Experiences not only enhance the brain circuitry, but they also create emotions. Think of emotions as the chemical residue from past experiences or chemical feedback. The stronger the emotional quotient from an event in your life, the more the experience leaves a lasting impression in your brain. That's how long-term memories are formed. So if learning means making new connections in your brain, memories are when you maintain those connections. The more you repeat a thought, choice, behavior, experience, or emotion, the more those neurons fire and wire together, and the more they will sustain a long-term relationship. Since your senses plug you into the external environment and neurologically record the narrative in your brain, when you experience a highly charged emotional event, bad or good, that moment becomes embossed neurologically in your brain as a memory. Therefore, when an experience changes, how you normally feel chemically and heightens your attention to what caused it, you will associate a specific person or thing with where your body is at a particular time and place. That's how you create memories by interacting with the outer world. It's safe to say that the only place the past actually exists is in your brain and in your body.
0: It really happens for most people before they even reach for their cell phone. And by the way, the statistics are 86% of the people in the Western world. First thing, first thing they do is they reach for the cell phone and they connect to everything that's known. And why is that a problem? Well, <clears throat> I would never tell people how to think, but I would give them information to cause them to think. So the device is reminding them of things that are known. And every person, every object, everything, every place is mapped neurologically in our brain because we've experienced it. And then we have an emotion associated with our coworker, with our boss, with our ex, with our whoever. And so the moment we start responding, now we start feeling the same way. So now the environment is actually controlling the person's feelings and thoughts. Yeah. And anything that controls the way we feel And the way we think We're victims to So something's programming us to think and feel a certain way There's nothing wrong with that You can, you should check your text but, And do whatever you need to do But the first thing in the morning If the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is open Why don't we program a new behavior, why don't we rehearse a different way of being with our children, with our spouse, uh, in our Zoom meetings, when we're alone, when we're in traffic, is there a better way to evolve our experience? So if you're truly in the game of evolution, you're truly in the game, like one lifetime, one day, what am I working on today? Can I respond a different way to this person? Um, Can I think this way instead of that way? Let me be conscious of my unconscious thoughts, let me not in a habit let me stay away from certain emotions let me practice feeling these emotions see if i can maintain it now you're in the game you're out of the bleachers and you're on the playing field so it actually happens even before the cell phone because what most people do is they wake up and the first thing they do is the brain is a record of the past they think of their problems and those problems are just memories that are etched in the brain that are connected to certain people and objects at certain times and places. Yeah. The moment they think of their problems they are thinking in the past. Then when they think about their problems and they feel unhappy, now their body's in the past. And if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, yeah. wow. And then the emotion that's associated is now the body's in the past because thoughts are the language of the brain and feelings are the language of the body. And how we think and how we feel creates our state of being. Now here's the problem. If you can't think greater than how you feel and you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny and you understand that feelings and emotions are a record of the past, then you're thinking in the past and your life will stay the same.
1: The fact is, there's no room for the unknown in a predictable life. But being predictable is not how the unknown works. The unknown is unfamiliar, uncertain, but it's also exciting because it occurs in ways you cannot expect or anticipate. So, let me ask you, how much room in your routine, predictable life, do you have for the unknown? By staying in the known, following the same sequence each day of thinking the same thoughts, making the same choices, demonstrating the same programmed habits, recreating the same experiences that stamp the same networks of neurons into the same patterns to reaffirm the same familiar feeling, called you. You are repeating the same level of mind over and over again, in time, your brain becomes automatically programmed to do any one of those particular sequences more easily and effortlessly the next time, and then the next time, and so on. As each of these individual steps merge into one complete step, thinking a familiar thought of an experience of somebody or something at some place and some time will automatically create the anticipation of the feeling of the experience. If you can predict the feeling of any experience, you are still in the known. For instance, the thought of having a meeting with the same team of people you have worked with for years can automatically cause you to call up the emotion of what that future event will feel like. When you can predict the feeling of that future event because you've had enough past experiences to make it known to you, You are probably going to be creating more of the same, and of course you are right, but that's because you are the same. By the same means, if you are in the automatic program and you cannot predict the feeling of experience in your life, you will probably be hesitant to engage it. Think of emotions as energy in motion. When someone experiencing a strong emotion walks into a room, their energy, aside from their body language, is often very palpable. We have all felt another person's energy and intent when they were angry or very frustrated. We felt it because they were emitting a strong signal of energy that carried specific information. The same is true of a very sexual person, a person who is suffering or a person who has a calm, loving energy. All those energies can be sensed and felt. As you might expect, different emotions produce different frequencies. The frequencies of creative elevated emotions like love, joy, and gratitude are much higher than the emotions of stress, such as fear and anger, because they carry different levels of conscious intent and energy. So if we are recreating the past day after day, thinking the same thoughts and feeling the same emotions, We are broadcasting the same electromagnetic field over and over again, sending out the same energy with the same message. From the perspective of energy and information, this means the same energy of our past continues to carry the same information, which then keeps creating the same future. Our energy, then, is essentially equal to our past. The only way we can change our lives is to change our energy. To change the electromagnetic field, we are constantly broadcasting. In other words, to change our state of being, we have to change how we think and how we feel. If where you place your attention is where you place your energy, then the moment you place your attention on a familiar emotion, your attention and your energy are in the past. If those familiar emotions are connected to a memory of some past event involving a person or an object at a particular place in time, then your attention and your energy are in the past as well. As a consequence, you are siphoning your energy out of the present moment into your past. By the same means, if you start to think about all the people you have to see, the things you have to do, and the places you have to go at certain times in your routine day, You are siphoning your attention and energy into a predictable, known future. All of your energy is now completely commingled with those known experiences in that specific line of time. Your energy is creating more of the same and your body is going to follow your mind to the same events in your same reality. Your energy is being directed out of the present moment and into the past and the future. As a result, you have very little energy left to create an unknown experience in a new timeline.
2: As long as the environment is influencing how we're thinking and feeling, we can only be as great as the environment. So, and if we're thinking and feeling equal to the environment, we could only create more of the same environment. You know, The idea that we can change something inside of us, in our, in our consciousness, in our thoughts, and in our feelings and be able to memorize both neurologically in our brain and hardwire that information install hardware and condition the body emotionally to be a mind so mind and body are working together if we're able to maintain that modified state of being then there should be some evidence outside of us so instead of cause and effect i always love the idea of causing effects and to cause an effect so the quantum model says you can cause an effect and so i think where we get stuck with that is the idea that you know that it has to be predictable that we should be able to know how it's going to happen and and that is that is i think our biggest error because we can never control the outcome of the unpredictable that's the quantum model it has to be uncertain it has to come in a way that we least expect that surprises us that that leaves no doubt that what we did inside of us produced some effect outside of us. And and when you begin to have those small synchronicities at first, and then they turn into larger and larger events, and you experience that, that awe and that wonder, or that joy and appreciation for being li- alive, I, I think that's the natural state of being. I think that's having that kind of sensibility coming from within us, instead of needing something outside of us to change our state.
1: If you focus your attention on specific imagery in your mind and become very present with a sequence of repeated thoughts and feelings. Your brain and body will not know the difference between what is occurring in the outer world and what is happening in your inner world. So when you're fully engaged and focused, the inner world of imagination will appear as an outer world experience and your biology will change accordingly. That means you can make your brain and body look as if a physical experience has already happened without having the actual experience. What you put your attention on and mentally rehearse over and over again, not only becomes who you are from a biological perspective, it also determines your future. Here's a good example. A team of Harvard researchers took a group of volunteers who had never before played the piano and divided the group in half. One half practiced a simple five-finger piano exercise for two hours a day over a period of five days. The remaining half did the same thing but just by imagining they were sitting at the piano without physically moving their fingers in any way. The before and after brain scans showed that both groups created a dramatic number of new neural circuits and new neurological programming in the region of their brains that controls finger movements even though one group did so by thought alone. Think about this. The folks who mentally rehearsed the actions had brains that looked like the experience had already happened, even though they never lifted a finger. If you were to put them in front of a piano after five days of mental rehearsal, many of them would be able to play the exercise they imagined pretty well, even though they had never before tickled the ivories. By mentally imagining the activity every day they installed the neurological hardware in preparation for the experience they repeatedly fired and wired those brain circuits with their attention and intention and over time the hardware became an automatic software program in their brains and it became easier to do the next time so if they were to start to play after five days of mental practice their behaviors would become easily aligned with their conscious intentions because they primed their brains for the experience ahead of time. That's how powerful the mind can be once trained. Similar studies show the same kinds of results with muscle training. In a pioneering study at the Cleveland Clinic, 10 research subjects between the ages of 20 and 35 imagined flexing one of their biceps as hard as they could in five training sessions a week for 12 weeks. Every other week, the researchers recorded the subjects electrical brain activity during their sessions and measured their muscle strength. By the end of the study, the subjects had increased their bicep strength by 13.5% even though they hadn't actually been using their muscles at all. They maintained this gain for three months after the training sessions stopped. More recently, a research team made up of scientists from the University of Texas at San Antonio, the Cleveland Clinic and the kessler foundation research center in west orange new jersey asked subjects to visualize contracting their elbow flexor muscles as they did so they were instructed to urge the muscles to flex as strong and hard as possible adding a firm intention to their strong mental energy for 15 minute sessions five days a week for 12 weeks one group of subjects was instructed to use what is called external or third-person imagery. Imagining themselves performing the exercise by observing themselves in a scene in their heads, separate from the experience, like watching a movie of themselves. A second group was instructed to use internal or first-person imagery, imagining that their bodies, as they existed right then in real time, were doing the exercise, making it more immediate and realistic. A third group, the control, did no practice, the group using external imagery, as well as the control group, showed no significant change, but the group using internal imagery showed a 10.8% increase in strength. In fact, when you wake up and start thinking about your day neurologically, biologically, chemically, and even genetically, it looks as though that day has already happened for you. And in fact, it has. Once you actually start the day's activities just as in the experiments above your body is naturally and automatically going to behave equal to your conscious or unconscious intentions if you've been doing the same things for years on end those circuits as well as the rest of your biology are more readily and easily activated that's because not only do you prime your biology every day with your mind but You also recreate the same physical behaviors in order to reinforce those experiences further in your brain and body. And it actually becomes easier to go unconscious every day because you keep mentally and physically reinforcing the same habits over again, creating the habit of behaving by habit.
0: You gotta go out into life and try it out, okay? I've changed my internal state. You could have a great meditation. You can connect, your heart could open. This happened to me. You could open your heart, you'd be amazing, you feel like the day is invincible. And you get up, and then the rest of your day, you're unconscious, the the, the 15 hours of your day. So you're gonna weigh one hour of being in a different state of being against 15 hours of you being unhappy and rushing and in a program. Mm. So then, how many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and start remembering? That's called change. How many times do we have to go unconscious to the point where we no longer go unconscious and we stay conscious? That's the moment of change. Now, if you're truly out of the bleachers and you're on the playing field, and this happens to a lot of people in our work, they say, you know, I really believe that this is the truth. I really believe that you Mm -hmm. could heal yourself. I really believe you could change your life. I've seen the testimonials. I just never believed that it could happen to me. Now this is a big moment. Now you're really stepping on the playing mm. field. So a person who starts doing their work, they're not, they're not interested in healing. The true, the person who's truly interested in this work, they understand that the only way they can heal is that they have to change. They're not saying, I'm gonna wait for my wealth or my healing to happen in order for me to feel grateful and be joyful in life. They're saying, if I feel grateful, my healing's gonna begin, right? If I, if I feel more whole, then there should be some change in my gene expression. So they've studied the content, they've studied the information, and now it becomes extremely practical. So they may have a great meditation, and we've seen this happen to many people. They sleep better, they have less pain, they have more energy but their blood values never change now they don't say oh i feel better but i'm failing this doesn't work they say what is it about me that's stopping this from completely healing okay how am i in my waking day oh. the moment you begin to ask that question you turn on the frontal lobe and the frontal lobe is the seat of your conscience now the moment you start Looking at, at the end of your day, how did I do? This is such an important question. how did I do today? Mm. Did I fall from grace? When did I lose it? And who did I lose it with? If I had another opportunity, how would I do it differently? They'll tell you, I've, I've seen them stand on the stage and tell their story and say, I had to start really watching myself in my life Yeah. How I was emotionally responding to my ex, how I was emotionally responding to my financial problems. I had to really, really pay attention to that. And that takes an enormous amount of energy and an enormous amount of awareness to stop the program. Right. So you forget and you go, damn, I went unconscious there. Now you didn't lose. You didn't fail. You just became conscious. Now, if you keep becoming so conscious of your unconscious states, you're you're outside the program. You're only in the program when you're unconscious. Yeah. The moment you're conscious, you can objectify your subjective self. So you can see yourself through the eyes of someone else. So the learning process comes from the mistake. The yeah. brain learns by mistakes and surprises. I've, I've made enough of them in my life. It's just whether you're gonna do it again. Yeah. You wanna do it again, you're back in the habit, back in the routine. If you say, This is it. The next time that happens, I am not going to do that. Not for anybody else, but because those emotions actually, my response to that person or that circumstance is actually weakening the organism. Is that person, that circumstance worth it? So then it's evolution. It's evolution. The challenge then has to be met with a greater level of mind. The hardest part of every war is the last battle. That means
1: that when your body is the mind is raging, causing you to think that you cannot go any further, wanting you to stop and return to the world of the senses, you keep persevering. You truly step into the unknown, and sooner or later you will begin to break the emotional addiction within you. When you get beyond your guilt, your suffering, your fear, your frustration, your resentment or your unworthiness, you are freeing your body from the chains of those habits and emotions that keep you anchored in the past. And as a result, you are liberating energy that is now coming back to you. As the body releases all of this stored emotional energy, it is no longer becoming the mind. You discover that right on the other side of your fear is courage, right on the other side of your lack is wholeness and just beyond your doubt is knowing. When you step into the unknown and surrender your anger or hatred, you discover love and compassion. It's the same energy. It has just been stored in the body and now it's available for you to use to design a new destiny. So when you learn to overcome yourself or the memory of yourself in your life. You break the bonds you have with everything, every person, every place. and Every time that's keeping you connected to your past, present reality. And when you finally overcome your anger or your frustration, and you liberate energy that was trapped in the past, you call that energy back to you. As you liberate all of that creative energy that has been tied up in those survival emotions. Within you and all around you, you are building your own personal energy field around your body. One way to increase your chances of a successful meditation is to give yourself enough time so you don't get distracted by trying to rush through the experience. When I meditate, for example, I allow for two hours I don't have to take two hours every time, but I know myself well enough by now to realize that if I have only one hour, I'm going to tell myself there's not enough time. If I have two hours, on the other hand, I can relax knowing I have plenty of time to find the present moment. Some days I find the sweet spot of the present moment pretty quickly, while on other days I have to work for an hour at bringing my brain and body back into the present. If I am aware of the same thoughts that are connected to those same familiar feelings, when I stop myself from feeling the same way, I am no longer conditioning my body into the past, and I'm no longer signaling the same genes in the same ways. And if emotions are the end products of experiences in the environment, and if it's the environment that signals the gene, then when I stop feeling those same emotions, I am no longer selecting and instructing the same genes in the same way that not only affects the health of my body, but it also no longer primes my body to be in the same future based on living in the past. So as I inhibit those familiar feelings, I am changing the genetic program of my body. And since the hormones of long-term stress down Regulate the expression of healthy genes and create disease Every time I am able to stop when I catch myself feeling any of those emotions that are related to stress I'm no longer conditioning my body to stay addicted to the emotions of stress if I do it properly overcoming my familiar thoughts and emotions of my known past and future then energetically neurologically Biologically chemically hormonally and genetically that predictable future as well as the familiar past I used to affirm it, no longer exists. If I'm no longer firing and no longer wiring those same old neural networks by no longer thinking about those memories of the people or things at certain times and places, and I keep returning to the present moment, I'm calling energy back to me. You can see how familiar past and the predictable future no longer exist. Now I'm in the sweet spot of the generous present moment. And I have available energy to create. I've built my own energy field surrounding my body. Every time I've labored, sometimes for hours, to get beyond myself and find that place called the eternal now. And I truly break through. I've always thought the same thing. That was so worth it.